Hello, hello, and welcome to the Mental Matchup, a podcast where we hope to shed light on one of the hardest competitions an athlete will ever face, the matchup against their own mind. I'm Kat, and today, Skylar and I are sitting down with Audrey Stringer. Audrey played collegiate volleyball at Kutztown University in Pennsylvania and graduated in 2016. Audrey is now a hypnotherapist, and throughout the episode, Audrey opens up about different coping mechanisms that she dealt with while dealing with anxiety and how hypnosis and meditation can be amazing tools to start healing. Throughout the episode, we talk about her skin picking and hair pulling, which is way more common than we think. It's just not as talked about as much, and just overall, her the way that she ultimately, you know, has gone through her own healing journey. Um, with that, let's get right into the episode. Audrey, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I yeah I got to read a little bit about your bio before coming on and I'm super super excited to hear about your understanding and like the work that you've done with hypnosis and your subconscious and conscious mind and understanding how that plays into mental health I don't think we've had anyone on that has touched on those topics Um, and then obviously you have a pretty impressive athletic career so um, I guess we'll start where I'm used to starting. I think things have changed, but not too much. So I think, yeah, starting with like growing up and getting into sports, how did you start playing? I think was basketball your primary sport and then you played others also? Oh, gosh. I, yeah, I started playing. No, I started playing soccer when I was about, I think, first grade. I don't even know how, you, how old you are then, but really little. I was very drawn to soccer. Um, I just think it was a popular sport for everyone in my community. So that was like my first sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I grew older, I just started playing basketball. Um, and it wasn't until I was in ninth grade going into my uh, freshman year high school was when I actually started playing volleyball. So I kind of was like late to playing volleyball. I really grew up playing soccer and basketball were my main sports. Um, but then I grew very tall and like the volleyball coach was like, you need to play volleyball. And I was like, no, I've been playing soccer my entire life, but he's like, no, I think you'll be really good at volleyball. So I gave it a try and I really never looked back. How tall are you? I'm six one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Makes I've sense. Six one since I was like, 15 so I've been this height for a while wow yeah um I'm sure there's a lot there in terms of like growing up um and like potential mental health things related to that even like I've had oh. a few tall friends and it's hard growing up just yeah. growing up like out of the bounds of what is normal in like middle school high school is just not a fun experience but for sure <laughs> um yeah okay cool um and when you said in your community soccer was really popular where are you from um, I'm from Bucks County in Pennsylvania. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I feel like volleyball and soccer are 
two completely different sports like was there any kind of because like thinking about like basketball and lacrosse defense is similar like soccer and field hockey spatial spatially on the field that's similar but like volleyball and soccer like was it easy to just like pick up a volleyball and start playing no I mean I definitely was very awkward in the beginning um but sports just always came really easily to to me like I feel very fortunate that they always came easily to me, you know, versus school came a lot harder to me. So like, I really struggled in school, but like sports is where I just like felt the most confident and I just like flourished. And, and it always helped when I had a good coach. Like I always found that if I had a good coach who was willing to take the time to teach me, like I was willing to take the time to learn. So it, I recognize that looking back that that was a huge, um, that had a huge impact on the way that I learned the sport and the way that I really grew to love it as well. Mm -hmm. So I had a really great high school coach. When you say, you know, that you appreciate a good coach, can you elaborate more on what you see as like what makes up a good coach and what has worked for you? Yeah. I mean, just like being very supportive, um, taking the time and being patient. I mean, when you're, 14 and trying to learn a new sport, like, you know, it's, it's tough. And, um, there's a lot of moving parts in volleyball. It's very, it's, it's more complicated than, um, a lot of other sports. Cause you're in these like different rotations and you have to like stand in a weird way that like most people looking at are like, what the heck are you guys doing? Um, mm-hmm. it's definitely very different. And just to be like patient and empathetic and, uh, willing to, teach all of those things to you. Um, My coaches really took the time to do that. And I definitely didn't do well my first year of playing, but like over time and the time that he took with me, I really grew to love it. And um, I was willing to put in the work because he was willing to put in the work with me. And I think, um, I think athletes really recognize that. And they recognize when coaches aren't willing to do that. And then they start to shut down when they see that. And I can relate to that for sure. Yeah, that's so true. What going off of that, like what was, what were mental health conversations like growing up? Like, was there any talk of mental health, um, around the dinner table, your community with your coaches, what was the conversation surrounding, surrounding mental health? So, I felt like I was very alone in this because um, I have a sister with extreme or sorry, serious mental illness is what they categorize as. So she um, is really, really on the severe end of mental illness. So, you know, growing up, we didn't talk about it other than within our family. I didn't know anyone else was struggling with it. I didn't know um, it was even like, a thing like me and my family were very lost um, when it came to dealing with my sister because there wasn't nobody was talking about it. You know, um, we were in just like this, you know, community where we felt very alone. Like, were we the only ones having these issues at home or were other people dealing with this? And so I didn't tell anyone. I really didn't tell my friends. I didn't tell my teammates. Like, I didn't know how to tell people that like my sister is really struggling with her mental health like, how do you even bring that up in a conversation when you're in high school? So I really kept it all to myself 
for a long time um, because people weren't talking about it. So it just felt very taboo to talk about. And um, my parents, I think, felt the same way. Like we just we were hoping it was like a phase that she was going through. But um, to now realize she was really her mental health is really declining fast. And um, we didn't have any resources to really figure it out at the time other than trying to take her to multiple doctors and, and trying to figure it out. But it was really them just like throwing darts and not really giving us any answers on what was going on with her. That has to be so scary to, to watch um, and kind of, kind of live through. What was your mental health like kind of during, during that time and in high school? So because she was struggling so much, I really felt like I couldn't struggle like because I just felt like if my parents had already given so much time and energy trying to figure out what was going on with her that I felt like if I were to express that I was struggling that that would just fall to myself for a lot of years because the last thing I wanted to do was to put more stress on them so yeah, I really just, I kept it very quiet. I almost did like my own, my own work. Like I would just Google all these things about like, you know, what was going on with me. Like, I just didn't want to tell my parents and looking back, I should have told them. But again, I just really, I just felt like they were already had so much on their plate dealing with my sister that I didn't want to burden them anymore. So yeah, I just kept it to myself. And I now know that really affected me um, because it did manifest in my skin picking and my hair pulling. I, I like based on my conversations, you know, with other like guests and just like friends I have, I think that as a kid, it's like funny. I don't think you realize it like consciously, but maybe subconsciously, it's like, you don't want to be a burden on your parents. Like when like there were financial troubles in my house, I tried not to bring up other things. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a lot for, like a 15, 16, 17, 25, like whatever age, it's a lot when your closest confidants, like your parents are supposed to be the people who are in your corner cheering you on and, you know, being your biggest supporter and support system. Like you don't feel like you can go to them because you're going to burden them, even if they've never expressed that to you. But like, it's a narrative that you've created in your own mind and you're so young that you have no idea. And then you add in that layer of like, mental health and not feeling like there's anyone outside of your family you can talk to about like what's going on inside the family and why you're nervous to bring up. So I feel like there's so much happening, um, with that. I know you just mentioned kind of your skin picking and hair pulling, um, before we, before we get to that, what was, what was high school volleyball like and how, or why did you make the decision to play collegiately? Yeah. So I was still playing soccer in high school as well. Um, but again, it goes back to like, I just didn't feel as nurtured on that team as I did in volleyball. Like the coach in volleyball really was like this, you're going to be a star in this sport. Like I can just see it, which in soccer, like my coach really, I was just like amongst a lot of other players and I just didn't feel like I was like standing out as much. I was also kind of at um, a long stretch of playing soccer. So I was feeling very burnt out by that sport when volleyball was new and fresh and I just felt like really excited about it. So yeah, I quickly got like 
really good at it. And um, I just really was very determined to um, play at the collegiate level because that's always something I wanted to do, whether it was going to be soccer or volleyball. I just really wanted to play at the collegiate level. So um, I got started in club volleyball, which is what they tell you to do, just kind of, you know, get seen by the colleges. So I did that and um, yeah, started like going to all these tournaments all over, you know, America, just trying to be seen by colleges. And um, unfortunately I did get sick with mono my junior year. So I had to stop playing for a period of time. Um, But before then the Kutztown volleyball coach did reach out to me. And because I was kind of like, had a setback with my illness. Um, I just was like, I'm going to go there. It seems like a great school. He seems like a great coach. I don't really want to think about it anymore. Um, so yeah, I signed up and that was that. So yeah. Um, you make it sound like you almost feel like you settled in some way. Do you still feel that way? Did you enjoy your four-year experience? Um, I don't feel like I settled because at the time that was really the only thing that I could have done. Mm. Um, looking back, if I didn't get sick, you know, yeah, maybe something more could have came out of it, but I had a great four years. I could sound like I couldn't have asked for a better four years in the volleyball sense. Like um, I really feel like I shined on that court. Um, so Looking back, I don't have any regrets and I, I don't feel like I settled, but, you know, who knows if I didn't get sick, maybe something else would have happened, but um, I'm really thankful for my four years. I just feel like I did the best I could and I walk away feeling like proud of myself, which is, I think, all you can do. I think that's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah I, I ask because I, like, I resonate with that feeling of being like, oh my gosh, I'm done thinking about this recruiting process. <laughs> But for me, it happened like after my first official visit, I freaked out. I was like, I just want to commit my parents. Like, no, you don't give them time. But I'm sure you were at that point much later in your process. Um, but yeah, like I think the recruiting process is just so daunting. It is. Um, oh my goodness. But I'm so glad to hear that you loved your four-year experience, especially with volleyball. Um, so yeah, I am... Um, I'd love to bring it back to, so it sounds like um, maybe one of the first symptoms that you experienced with mental health or one of the first manifestations was the skin picking and hair pulling. Could you elaborate on when that started and like how you now look at those habits as like manifestations of mental health? Yeah. So I think it goes back to like when I was, you know, uh, living at home and my sister was getting increasingly more sick and I didn't want to burn in my parents. Like we talked about, um, I didn't really have anywhere to put my feelings. Like it was like, I couldn't talk to my parents. I really couldn't talk to my friends about it because, you know, that was kind of a weird thing to talk about at the time. So instead I just feel like I like pent up a lot of this tension and stress and overwhelm and confusion inside of me that it had to come out in some way. And, you know, when you look at the skin picking, hair pulling, um, what it is, it's really just like a self soothing tool that, um, 
you do and then subconsciously you pick it up and once your brain realizes like oh this feels good to do this like I don't have to feel those feelings of anxiety or tension or stress I can just put them into you know hair pulling or skin picking then this is my way of dealing with the situation I'm in instead of like dealing with it emotionally you know you know trying to get those feelings out um but for a while I really had no idea what was going on I just remember thinking like I can't stop like I want to stop but I just can't and it would I would have to you know call out of school sometimes I would have to cancel trips cancel with my friends because I would spend two three hours picking my skin and really not even realize I was doing it and um yeah go ahead what does like I'm envisioning something in my mind but like what when you say skin picking and hair pulling is skin picking like picking your cuticles is it picking anywhere and then like hair pulling is it like one piece two piece just kind of like what what does that actually like manifest as no that's a great question because it really can be it's very different for a lot of people so some people do their cuticles um some people um pick their scalp some people you know pick their arms and legs for me it was always my face um and it was always my hair on my head so I would just sit like um watching tv and I would just be pulling out my hair with really not even like it was so subconscious that like my conscious mind wasn't even realizing I was doing it and even when I was picking my face like I would just kind of go in this trance like state and just zone out and just do it without even realizing I was doing it um and it's really hard for people to understand who've never experienced it but um it's it's pretty similar to like any other self-soothing soothing um behaviors like most of the time people who binge eat or things like that they say like they don't even know what happened they just they just started doing it and they look back they don't realize you know what they just did it's kind of the same thing like you kind of just subconsciously start doing it and you don't even realize that you're doing it um but it's very different for a lot of people it's it's never like the same thing for each person did you find that it happened most like when you were in states of angst or did it become something that just happened like constantly I think it started when it was in states of anxiety and then it transitioned to um all the time and I think it was just because I was stuck in a state of fight or flight for a long time that it was just every day I had to do it because I was constantly in that state of fight or flight that if I didn't do it, I wasn't going to feel better. And it was almost like this tension built up inside of me until I did it. And it was like releasing that tension. Um, so yeah, I ended up being like an everyday thing. What, what or when was like the moment that you realized maybe someone else realized that this wasn't like a healthy habit to have and that there was like more underlying issues yeah I mean I remember googling online like you know why I can't stop picking my skin and and finding this word dermatillomania is what they categorize it as as um kind of like their fancy term for skin picking um if you look in like the psychology you know books or online Uh, and then hair pulling is termed trichotillomania 
So those are the two words for what they are. But it wasn't until I was started doing research really on my own online until I realized like, okay, wow, like I have this, like, it's not just like your average person, like popping a pimple and walking away. It's like, you can't stop doing it. That's when it becomes like your, you know, the dermatillomania is like the, the word for it. Um, it, when it becomes a problem is when you, you physically can't stop doing it. It just, it takes over your life. It causes issues in your life. Like you can't stop thinking about it. Um, it consumes your life basically. That's when I realized that when I was canceling plans, when I was, you know, telling my mom, I didn't want to go to school, things like that is when I realized like, okay, this is a problem. Like I can't stop. Yeah. Um, full transparency. I definitely experienced some skin picking issues, especially like, I think throughout my whole life mildly, but then especially when I was in my, the worst of my two depressive states, it was something that was definitely coming up and I would not say it was the extent where it would um I would think about it all the time but I mean I remember there were times where like I'd be in front of the mirror for half an hour an hour picking at my skin and same kind of thing like you were describing you just had no idea that that time passed and it feels addictive and you know you're telling yourself that you need to step away but still can't so yeah. um well thanks for sharing that take a quick break and we'll get back to Audrey momentarily. We'd like to take a moment to talk about Morgan's Message, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Morgan's Message is a nonprofit founded in 2020 to honor Morgan Rogers. Through amplifying stories, resources, and expertise to confront student-athlete mental health, we are building a community by and for athletes and providing a platform for advocacy. Morgan's Message strives to eliminate the stigma surrounding mental health within the student-athlete community and equalize the treatment of physical and mental health in athletics. To help us take a shot at mental health, to support our mission, or to find out more, head to morgansmessage.org or follow along on Instagram at morgansmessage. Let's get back to Audrey. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long journey, like, um, but I, I really was determined to try to figure out anything I could to stop. Um, and so I started with, you know, changing my diet because I was like, well, if my skin is clear, I won't want to pick at it. Like that was like my first inclination. It was like, okay, if I have perfect skin, like I won't want to pick at it. Well, that didn't work obviously, because you always find something. Um, and then it really just got me like really curious and like, okay, well, how can I really like figure this out and heal from these wounds that I obviously am still holding on to. And it wasn't until I left college. It wasn't until like I was in, you know, where I am now, like my, like my later twenties where I really decided to invest in like my health and my healing and um, healing my subconscious mind and healing some of those emotional wounds that I I've carried with me for a long time. And um you know, it did lead me to a path of 
nutrition and, and, and that, in that world, but also like, um, working on my spirituality and, and, and my subconscious mind and healing my mindset and things like that. So, um, that's when I discovered hypnotherapy, which is, um, a very deep meditative state that you're able to kind of rewire some of those, um, beliefs that you have about yourself or, you know, emotionals, emotion, emotions that you're holding on to that maybe you are still carrying with you from the past, but they're no longer serving you. And it wasn't until I did that, um, that I really was able to get, take control of the behavior. Um, and that's why I was like, okay, this is something I need to start studying. So then I became certified in it. So that's like a short version of how I got to where I am today. I, I think hypnotherapy is so interesting. I also like EFT. I do tapping a lot, which oh, I, I love feel EFT. like yeah. has helped a lot with some, some of my things. Um, but can you, I would love for you to kind of break down like how hypnosis and meditation like helped you rewire and kind of like that timeline process of like when you started versus like when you got to a spot where you were no longer, you know, subconsciously picking, or maybe you were more conscious of the actions and able to stop. Like, what was that journey like? Yeah. So, um, everyone is so different. Like I've heard stories of people like doing hypnotherapy and the next day they're, they stopped the behavior that they had for years. So I was very hopeful and I was like, oh my gosh, like if I do this, like, I'm just going to stop doing this behavior. So I did it. Um, and it didn't work on me the first time. Well, I don't want to say it didn't work, but like, it didn't meet my expectations. Like I didn't stop the behavior Mm -hmm. the next day. Um, and I realized there was a lot of things tied to my skin picking. It wasn't just a behavior. It was rooted in, in beliefs and, and emotions that I really had to address as well, not just the behavior itself. So, um, so yeah, I, I did like 12 sessions with a hypnotherapist and we really just like dug deep into some of these wounds that I was holding on to. Like, I know we touched on this, like, but my height being so tall at such a young age really did have an effect on me. And I didn't realize it affected me until I used hypnosis to kind of go back to some times that like people made fun of me or made comments at me. And I really was emotionally hurt by that, but I didn't, I didn't know I was at the time, but I had to let go of some of that stuff, like let go of the past, let go of negative beliefs I had about myself, let go of negative energy and just, um, And it wasn't until I started doing that, like week by week, I started noticing that like slowly I was more conscious of the behavior and more aware of when I was feeling the need to do it. And I mean, it's a continual process. Like it it never really stops. I think, especially when you do it for so long, any behavior or any addiction, it's always a work in progress. And um, so, yeah, I really just had to keep working on my subconscious mind, keep rewiring it, keep letting go of some of those past emotions and and feelings. And, um, but now I'm at a place where like, it doesn't control my life. It's not like a thought in my mind, like it used to be. And um, it doesn't like ruin my plans. Like I don't even do it. Like I, I barely do anymore. And if I do maybe reach for my hair or think about it in the bathroom, like I quickly, I'm like, you don't want to do that. And I walk away. 
so it's gotten to the point where like I'm so aware and I'm so um conscious of it that is now not affecting my life so but it did take a while I mean it's not it's not just like an overnight thing it's it takes time to really start uncovering why you even started in in the first place I think that's a good place to start yeah I that's really really interesting I feel like there are some people who like talk openly about you know hypnosis and everything like the benefits attached but it's not like as widespread can you like I mean spoiler alert like I've I've done some hypnotherapy but um, can you take us through like not necessarily like what you do but just how someone can like go back in their subconscious mind I think it's so fascinating um and just as someone who's experienced it like kind of talking about like how you go back and unlock some of those memories and then how you talk through your clients or how you were talked through like releasing it and like being okay with releasing it like what's that all like yeah yeah so I wish people would tell you this and in, in like growing up because like if I knew more about my how my mind worked I think I would just go about life way differently so I, I really love talking about this because your subconscious mind makes up 95 percent of your mind and who you are and your conscious mind is really only five percent of you and the conscious mind is you know the judgmental mind it's the critical thinking it's how you make decisions but you make those decisions based off the 95% of your mind. So, and that's, that's all your memories, your experiences, your feelings, your beliefs are all stored in your subconscious mind. I mean, everything that we do in our life, even though we don't remember it, maybe off the top of our head, it, everything gets stored there. Um, and that's why you can like smell something that maybe you smelled like 15 years ago and it can bring you back quickly to that memory. It's because is all stored in your subconscious mind. So when you go into hypnosis, you know, you relax, you relax into a deep meditative state and your conscious mind gets quiet. So then you can really start digging deep into your subconscious mind where all of those things that make you, you are, are stored. And so you are able to access those beliefs, um, those emotions, those memories that maybe are creating anxiety or um, behaviors in your life that you, you are ready to release and let go of. So usually a lot of times it stems from beliefs, like not being good enough or, um, not having any self-worth or not being confident. Um, and when you have a belief like that, all of your behaviors are going to stem from that belief. So if you don't feel good enough, you're going to do things in your life that validate that you're not good enough because that's your belief. And that's, what's in your subconscious mind. So it's not until you rewire that and and reframe those beliefs and create new ones, then then you can start changing your thoughts and your behaviors um, based on your new beliefs and your new belief system. So I always I, I guide my clients into that state and we create new beliefs about themselves because we're all struggling with, you know, self-worth and um, confidence issues, anxieties and all sorts of things. And it all stems from these beliefs that maybe were put upon us by other people, or maybe we created them based on a perception of what happened to us. Um, Everyone's so different, but a lot of times it's, the beliefs aren't true, but your subconscious mind's holding on to them. And it's not until you rewire them and create a new belief system 
that you can really let go of some of that stuff. And you really notice the difference pretty quickly in hypnosis, which is why I love it a lot. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> As someone who hasn't done hypnotherapy myself, and I truly don't know much about it, that was really helpful. So thank you. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I think one other question I had, and maybe it's different depending on the hypnotherapist that you're working with, but I was wondering, you know, once you and your therapist identify, you know, these memories or feelings beliefs in your subconscious and they come out um is there kind of a specific process that you go through to let go of those things um does that just depend on the person and the therapist yeah it does depend on the person and the therapist but most of the time it's it's using somatic techniques so letting go of the feelings that you may be feeling in your body as well in your mind, because our body does store a lot of memories and emotions too. So sometimes it, it's about releasing them, those feelings in your body as well. So just using techniques to really feel the emotions, you know, being released or feeling the beliefs, the letting go and then replacing them with a new belief. I mean, again, because when your conscious mind is quieted, your subconscious mind is more open and suggestible. So you're not, your conscious mind isn't telling you, no, that's not true. Like, don't believe that your subconscious mind is open and it's willing to receive everything that's positive and beneficial to you. So you, do, you are bypassing that part of your mind. That's going to tell you like, no, you can't do that. Or no, that's not true. That's all quieted down. So your subconscious mind is open and ready to receive all of the good things that are, are made for you that you've just been blocking out for a long time. I think that's so cool. And you said that you studied it. Are you now practicing as a hypnotherapist? Yeah, I'm, I'm a holistic health coach and a hypnotherapist. So I do both because um, I really love tying in the nutrition part of it because mm. um, I feel like what we eat really impacts our brain and how it operates. So I think it's super important, especially as an athlete, like eating good nutritious foods is so important to how you're going to feel, uh, you know, on the court or the field. And, and off of it, like you just need to have a good balanced diet in order for your brain to be operating um, efficiently. So I like tying the boat both together um, to really help people feel their best because that was what worked for me. When did you fully transition or are you fully transitioned into kind of this holistic coach business? Yeah, I mean, I, I did... I made the transition about a year ago and I'm not going to lie. Like I had a lot of like anxiety and stress and worry about transitioning because it, it was going to be, you know, instead of like being protected behind this, like nine to five, like I had to now put myself out there and be like the, the product. And that brought up a lot of, you know, it brought up a lot of emotions in me as well, you know, insecurities and things like that, that I still have to continue to work through because, um, it's a whole nother level of like, you know, being the product and, and, um, you know, you feel imposter syndrome and you feel insecure and, you know, using social media to like promote yourself. Like there's a lot that goes into it. And it, it brought up a lot of emotions in me that I had to like continue to work through. And, um, I just don't think the journey like ever ends. So <laughs> I'm always working through 
through stuff, but I'm glad it pushed me outside my comfort zone and I'm able to help people um, overcome with some of the things that I've overcome. And that in itself is like, is the biggest reward for me. So I, I put all aside like the, the worry about what other people think of me and um, showing up on Instagram, maybe looking silly because if I can help people, then that's like the biggest thing for me. It just brings me the most joy. That's amazing. Um, that's so cool. So what, what's like your mental health, like now in terms of anxiety or anything like that? Um, since you've kind of gone on this healing journey. I mean, I'm still human and things still come up, but I have all the tools and techniques to deal with it that I don't feel afraid anymore of dealing with my mental health. Um, and you know, like, again, I, I don't struggle with the skin picking or hair pulling. Like I used to, like, I really don't struggle that much with anxiety as much as I used to, but again, I'm still human and things, your life is never going to be like perfect and things come up. So when they do come up and when we, when I do feel those feelings of anxiety or stress or whatever, I have so many tools now that I've learned. Um, like you talked about the EFT has been like a huge tool for me. Um, hypnosis. I, I use hypnosis on myself, like, you know, having this toolbox makes it so much easier because, you know, you can, you can go to it when you have those feelings arise. You don't have to just, um, let it spiral. You could just go to those tools, that toolbox, you know, you know, what feels good and you know how to release some of that energy that comes up and then you can like move throughout your day a lot calmer. So. As Kat said, I don't think that hypnosis is talked about as much as like other mental health, um, therapies. Yeah. Could you give people like a quick summary of maybe one or two places they could look if they're interested in doing that work? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm a hypnotherapist. Other than working with you, ideally, <laughs> number one. But, um, but there's actually a lot, like you'd be surprised. I mean, and I agree, like at first I was like, what the heck is this? Like, does anyone even do this work? Like, I really thought it was like so strange when I first discovered it. But um, once I became familiar with it and familiar with the word, like, you know, you could just Google hypnotherapist in your area. A lot of times people do it virtually. I do it virtually. Um, so you can just look on Instagram. There's a lot of hypnotherapists on Instagram. Um, there's a lot of people doing this work. I just don't think it's as popular as maybe some of the other things. Um, but all the studies that I read, like it works, it works so well. And the reason I'm so passionate about it is because it's like, if I can like give this to people that like when I was dealing with my issues, like I just knew it would make a world's difference for, for athletes. I mean, even works for sports performance. Like if you can visualize yourself on the court in hypnosis, like making the right move or hitting the ball the right way, like it transitions to real life. And that's like, so it it can work in so many different ways, not just with your mental health, but with your performance, um, with your, you know, with exams, with studying, with stop procrastinating. Like there's just so many ways it works that um, I just think it should be like something that everyone does like regularly even if you can't access like a hypnotherapist like you can google or you can youtube hypnosis 
on YouTube, um, just to start somewhere, you know, just to get yourself in that relaxed state and, and really calm your body down and get it into the parasympathetic nervous system is just going to make a world's difference for anyone. I was going to say, yeah, I feel like there's probably some like good YouTube videos as a more affordable option and like, you know, a test option to see if it's something to like dig deeper into. So that's awesome. Um, with that, we are coming up on time. Um, and so we usually end with a few questions. Okay. So first question is if you could go back to like Audrey struggling with anxiety and skin picking hair pulling back in, you know, college or whatever it may be, like what's one thing you wish you could say to yourself in that moment or moments? Um, that's a great question. Um, that you're going to figure it out and that you're going to help lots of people. I love that so much. Um, so one question that I have is less exciting, but I think I wonder if like our audience could be wondering it too is, um, could you describe the difference between meditation and hypnosis? Because that's one question I have right now. No, that's a great question. So I like to tell people this because it, it kind of makes it more simple, but it's like hypnosis is meditation with a goal. So a lot of times you go into meditation to observe your thoughts. Um but hypnosis is really guiding you towards a goal that you want to achieve. So whether that's to release some anxieties, you know, stop skin picking, um, stop smoking. There's always a goal in mind with hypnosis. Um, and you're able to get into a deeper state with hypnosis. Um, there's a lot of times meditation, you only get into like the second brain wave state. But hypnosis, you can go as far as, um, I think it's called alpha, but it's like the last brainwave state before sleep. So you're really in that deep um, state. People even can get like surgery done in that state. That's how deep you are. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So you can really get really deep. And when you're in that deep state is when you can really um, see the most change. That's super helpful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then last question, which is a fun one, is what are you most grateful for? That's a great question because I feel like I'm grateful for a lot of things, but um, I just say my health. I'm just really grateful for my health. I know a lot of people are ill um, these days, and I feel very fortunate that um, even though I have struggled with my health in the past, I, I, um, feel fortunate that I'm healthy. I'm able to get up every morning and, and not be in pain or, um, have to take medication or, um, you know, ha have to go to the doctor regularly. Like, I just feel like a lot of people are really struggling with their health right now and it breaks my heart. Um, but I'm very fortunate that, uh, I'm not struggling with it as much as, as some other people. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much Thank about you me. your journey and where you are now. I mean, 
I'm very, very grateful uh, to have had you come and talk to us. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This was awesome. And um, yeah, anything I can do to help the athletic community and, and mental health, I'm, I'm here to do it. So thank you. If anyone, oh, sorry. If anyone wants to like get in touch or find you, where can they do that? So I'm working on a website because there's so many things to build on the website end that I'm totally new at and learning, but I have an Instagram and it's a wellness with odd. So just a U D that you can follow me there. Perfect. I'm going to follow you for sure. Um, and good luck on the website. Cause that's, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. It is. But thanks um, so much. I appreciate you guys having me. Another huge shout out and thank you to Audrey for coming on the mental matchup and talking about a topic that we we haven't addressed yet in any of our episodes and I think is so 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 interesting because there are so many not just student athletes but I think people who may also be using you know skin pulling hair pulling um as a coping mechanism for anxiety and I don't think we're we're necessarily talking about it enough. So I'm so happy we got to take a deep dive into Audrey and her journey. And with that, talking about EFT and um, hypnosis, I think both can be such incredible tools. Obviously, you know, everyone is different and what works for people is, is different. But if if you want to look into hypnosis, you know, there's some great YouTube videos. I actually Googled some after this episode to try. Um, but yeah, huge shout out to Audrey. Um, you can find her at Wellness with Odd A U D. Another big shout out to Morgan's Message for presenting this podcast. If you want to get in touch with Morgan's Message, if you want to find out more, if you want to get involved, you can do all of those things at morgansmessage.org or on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, even LinkedIn at Morgan's Message. And lastly, Please, 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 if you have a story, submission, any feedback, head to thementalmatchup.com or The Mental Matchup on Instagram. And with that, we will see you next episode.